Hi, this is Lexa Doig, and you're listening to the FSF Podcast. The show that tried to explore the stars, but only found Emperor Ming and the Magog. Whoopsies. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt crewman number 2005. She'll know that when she puts on the red shirt and joins the crew of the Enterprise in their struggle against the Magog, in defense of the Commonwealth, that she didn't leave her family destitute and without hope, because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has her back. And what's left of her force lance. Yeah. All right, guys, our guest today uh, is an actor who has an, a seriously impressive resume of some not only uh, nerdy sci-fi shows, uh, but some really cool pop culture stuff. And then, you know, just, I mean, there's the everyday stuff too. Yeah, but but I'm paying attention to the nerdy sci-fi and pop culture stuff because that's what we do here. Uh, but yeah, she's got shows to her credit like Andromeda. There's Arrow, Chucky, Stargate, SG-1, Flash Gordon. I could keep going. There's a very, very cool list. We are so excited to have Lexa Doig on the FSF podcast. Welcome to the show, Lexa. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Woo! Yeah, we're always excited when somebody says yes. We're like, oh my gosh, she said yes, we're going to do it. It's going to be a thing. It was a thing. I'm just admiring your pop, uh, your Funko Pop collection. Oh, he's got a problem. I'm like, I. it's my uh, life goal to be a Funko Pop. I kind of thought they'd have one for Talia al Ghul, but they never, they didn't seem to have one. So you know what the, you know what the great thing is right now is that uh, if you go to, uh, or you can do probably the best way to find this is if you do a Google search for uh, Funko Pop mm-hmm. Yourself, which is just an awful name. Um, but you it's can got design potential your, for it humor. Does. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, humor. Yes. Everything else yeah. is awful. Uh, yeah. But you can create a Funko of yourself yeah. and they will, it's, it's for like 40 bucks, 40, 45 bucks. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, I don't know what the shipping would be to Canada, but uh, to the United States, I think uh, shipping it in a, in a hard plastic container um, with the, your self-designed, you know, solo design Funko and everything else, I think was like, I think 45 altogether with shipping. So, oh, okay. So yeah, really bit, not that bad. It's a bit pricey, but yeah, no, but not, not too bad. That's Funko if, Pop yourself? Yeah. So if you have a minor slight addiction, like some people that we're not going to mention, <clears throat> me uh then <laughs> you know and uh, kathleen would be so proud of me the comic-con i was at last weekend i only bought two funkos oh good because well, i wasn't there i continued to tell you to pretty much technically <laughs> technically three but the third one i had signed by somebody and we're going to have that uh put up for auction to donate uh, wish upon a team uh, oh very shortly. nice so kathleen you're an enabler you are a funko <laughs> pop I am, I am an enabler, okay. and then I will give him absolute crap about how much stuff he has. She, yeah, she mocked okay. me from a distance. Excellent. But when I'm close, she's like, you should totally buy that so I can get a discount. <laughs> nice. It worked. Well played. It does work. Well played. All right, Alexa. So with such an impressive uh, resume of shows to your credit, uh, we, as your humble nerd host, uh, like to know the who, what, and how, and why of our guests. We, we love origin stories. So in the story of little Lexa, what was the influence in your life that made you want to become an actor? And, and maybe even more particular, uh, to be involved in, in sci-fi and, and, and these really strong pop culture shows, like, you know, like the ones we mentioned in the intro. 
So there were a couple of things at play when I was a kid. One, I, I don't know, I just always wanted to perform. So whether it was like the church play or the kindergarten strawberry shortcake play, which I take credit for writing and producing. My mother made the costumes as well. And awesome. uh, I, I did not go the ego route and play strawberry shortcake in the strawberry shortcake play. I played lemon meringue mm. and I... I wrote the part of Strawberry Shortcake for my friend Karen Ong to play. So she played Very Strawberry cool. Shortcake. Just saying that I'm more of a team player in regards to writing. So it's not all about me. It wasn't a vanity project. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Anyway, um, but my parents were also uh, members, uh, like they would purchase the membership at, at, a, at a professional theater. So like, you know, you get the, the membership every year so you can see all the plays. And uh, in Toronto, where I grew up, that was either going to be at the Royal Alexander Theatre or what was then known as the O'Keefe Centre. I don't know what it's called now. Um, and when I was six, I think, six or seven, they took me to see Porgy and Bess. And uh, I wanted to be Porgy. And for your listeners that aren't necessarily familiar with that particular musical, it's a beautiful musical. The music's great. Um but it's also, uh, it's about the main character, Porgy, is um, a disabled black man in the okay. South, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, so he spends the entire musical walking around on his knees. So to me in the audience, um, and this was the 70s, because I was born in 73, uh, I saw a short man of color on stage. I didn't entirely understand, like, I didn't understand the cocaine storyline. Like, I didn't understand any of that stuff. But I wanted to be Porgy because I identified with Porgy. And my poor father had to kind of explain to me, that's, you'll never play Porgy. Mm. Which kind of broke my heart. But then I went to see Evita, and I wanted to be Ava Perum. So seven, eight-year-old Lexa running around the house screaming, like, you know, singing Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, and watch out, Buenos Aires. Okay. Like, I was a bit extra as a kid. So that's kind of where it started. But genuinely speaking, I didn't think that I could be a professional actor because I didn't see people that look like me on television. So uh, representation does matter. Um, and yeah. it was kind of one of those things, like becoming a professional actor. I remember I modeled for 13 seconds um but i did uh, a few commercials and then in the commercial world that's where models and actors kind of work together because you'll get hired either from a modeling agency or from an acting agency to be in a commercial and so some friend i met some friends that were actors and they're like if you want to act i can get you an interview uh with my agency and so my whole kind of process of getting into the business professionally was just kind of like Oh, really? You can? Okay. So it's just a matter of saying yes when people were um, offering me opportunities simply because I didn't think that they would go anywhere per se. So there was nothing to lose, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. There were, they were very low yeah. stakes kind of things. And then I would just sort of audition and, and get hired on things. So from there, I managed to like, and I did theater programs and things like that in high mm-hmm. school. So I wasn't completely ill prepared for it. But yeah, I'd say most of my learning has been done on the job and uh, in class as opposed to in like a degree program or anything like that. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Whereas you said your husband had. Yeah, he went to. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, he's trained up. At, he's trained up at Yin Yang. He um he went to the bachelor he, uh, as a BFA in fine arts acting from UBC, which uh, is the same program our daughter, uh, uh, our younger daughter, just got into and and is studying at. And uh, we keep getting these funny phone calls from her where she is is borderline outraged. <laughs> I don't want to get her in trouble, but she called us yesterday and she's like. Um, I just sat in the class and listened to the, the the professor or the instructor tell me for an hour and a half what an objective is. Uh, so that's what you're paying for. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, who else is in the class, honey? And she's like, oh, it's all the film production people who are wanting to learn the other aspects of film production. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's why the teacher is giving the basics out. Right. As you go on through the program, you will get the more acting specific advice that is more where you're at and she's like well i hope so like oh god dear. <laughs> oh, kids I are fun yeah have kids they said no but it, she's fun, actually she's a very humble kid she's very sweet so it, I'm, I'm making her sound like a jerk and she's completely not uh she's the exact opposite of a jerk but it's still kind of funny oh yeah we had a conversation with somebody uh, actually my wife and i this afternoon we were talking to somebody and they were asking about our kids i'm like yeah we decided we're not going to have any more they're like, oh, really? I'm like, I mean, we decided that long ago. I'm like, yeah, we right. told them at dinner last night. They haven't taken it too well. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lexa, I enjoy getting to know our guests a little bit before we get to talk to them. And as any sane person does, I Google search. And excellent. Cyberstock, just a little bit. Fantastic. So I looked through your Instagram, research. which, <laughs> yes, which, I mean, again, any sane person would go to social media. Social media is a great place to get to know people. Sure. And I was not at all disappointed when I found out exactly what the internet is made for, cats. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm a. I am a certified cat person. I to the point where adore that. I, I just said to my husband yesterday, I'm like, apropos of nothing, I don't trust people who hate cats. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it's a, it's one thing to say I don't really know cats. I'm not familiar with cats or. I don't know, like, they're just a little weird to me to have, like, a non-committal kind of, like, because I've never had a cat. That's fine. But the people who are like, I hate cats, I am suspicious. You hate cats. Fair. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, they're, I mean, other than the fact that they're little shitheads in furry bodies. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, we put up with human shitheads, and they're not nearly that cute. No right so i don't yeah. know so i was particularly amused by gray aka not your yeah. cat yeah gray and i was i was also recently um i don't know if it's a blessing or a curse yet by the cat distribution system we had right. a we had a kitten show up in our driveway who now lives oh. with us yeah. see this is what i want i see that god i see what you've done for others can you do this for me right oh yeah i no, see no. other people finding kittens when the cat distribution system hits, though, it hits. Like It hits. Did you see that one video of a guy who pulled over because he saw one kitten on the side of the road and the kitten comes really? out? Tennis and he one? picks it up and like 13 or 14 oh my gosh. Yes. just come through the grass like this. It was. I was like, this is what heaven looks like. Why can't I have this? <laughs> Jackpot. Yeah. So I wanted to get to know more about your cats. You have Hicks. Was that the other one? Yes, Hudson the one who's and actually your the one who's actually your cat. Yeah, see if you can guess what movie they're named from, Hudson and Hicks. Um, 
If you are sci-fi fans, I reckon you might know. Mm, I should. I'm thinking Hudson Hawk. No, Hudson and Hicks. I Hold give away. you a hint. Yes, please. I think we should just take off and nuke them from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Oh, it's alien. Nice. Aliens. Yeah. Very yes. nice. My husband, Michael, did that. He named our last cats uh, Rosie and Gildy, who were Emma Rosencrantz and Jemima Gildenstern. Um, but these guys are just Hudson and Hex. I love nice. that. I yeah. absolutely love that. We also, we have three cats. So the, the kitten is the, the newest edition. Um, my husband named his cat after Nymeria, the um, wolf from Game of Thrones. 100% approved. Oh, yeah. But then, of course, because cat names evolve, her middle name is Patrice, named mm-hmm. after Patrice from How I Met Your Mother. Excellent. Because then you can yell, nobody asked you, Patrice. Uh, yeah. My tuxedo cat is named after Ernest Hemingway and F. Scott Fitzgerald. So he's Ernest Fitzgerald. Nice. And then my daughter decided to name the kitten Bowser Jr. Okay. We've been, we've been on a Mario kick. So I can Bowser 100% Jr. get behind all of those names. Oh, yeah. My husband, yeah. on the other hand, thinks that the kitten's name should be Stephen because he wants to name him after Stephen Hyde from that 70s show. Okay, fair. I think <laughs> Steve is a great name for a cat. Steve is a great name for a cat. But it's the. It's a great name for a cat. It's the he he lives in my house and I don't really want him here, but I'm going to accept him like Red did. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, totally understand. Yeah, cats but are yeah. kind of funny. Cats are hilarious. Tim They're also has cats. I do. Yeah. I have two cats. Yeah, we've got a, a black cat. His name is Vader, because his of course he's, he's all black with a white box on his chest, and he is a bit of a butthead. Right. Um, it's up to and, me. He loves me. <laughs> he's very nice and loving and but he's also annoying as the day is long um yeah. uh he's decided in the last two years to become very 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 vocal and must talk to me at all times if i walk he meow barks at me when i walk into my room Excellent. you know uh so i call him my dog cat because he barks yeah. at me until i i come over and pay attention to him yeah we've got we one ha- of those and then we have seven um we were going to name him uh uh either we were going to name him hank mccoy or henry uh after because he was kind of we he came to us cat distribution system we were sitting out on our deck and this little mangy looking thing comes walking up on our retaining wall above us and i was i looked at my wife and my daughter and with strict orders to not touch him pet him look at him feed him water him nothing nothing else with a heartbeat is coming into our home and uh, the next morning, they were giving him a bath, feeding him, watering him. Um, yeah, because apparently they had snuck him out food the night the night before, and so he stuck around. Uh, but Not gonna lie, the, I would do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was mad for about thirty seconds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we named him Seven because uh, his paws are at, he's polydactyl, so oh! he has so he has seven toes he has and eight dunks? claws. Yeah, oh yeah, very. It looks like he's running with mittens when he runs. Oh, he's like gonna this. take over the world. Oh, he already and has. When cats have thumbs, that's like yeah, that's the next step of evolution. That's when we have to start welcoming our feline overlords. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And he's a cloud. He is a yeah. cloud cat. He's just a big old puffball, but he also has a, an extra little wonky claw right here in the middle. And this here, so oh, he's God. got seven seven toes, little, seven little toes, and an extra and eight claw. claws. Yeah. Wow. So we call him Seven. Yeah, that's and fair. He is. Um, he is part he, cat, part marshmallow. Yeah, he just he's uh, uh, aggressively cuddly. 
when he Aww. wants to cuddle, you will cuddle him. You will stop what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like I'll be sitting down because I, I write for a website as well. And I'll be sitting there at my desk and I'll be typing away and I'll be writing an article. And all of a sudden he's like, you, you hear, you get a, a very short burst uh, of a meow warning. Right. And then he's on your lap and he's Perfect. headbutting your hand. Like, come on, let's do this. Aww. And instantly purring as soon as you, as soon as, you know, you touch him. But he's, Aww, that's so uh, sweet. Everybody except for my, my neighbor across the street loves him. Right. Because well, he's indoor outdoor cat. And uh, he is uh, probably the best hunter of a cat I've ever seen. Oh, wow. And my new neighbor across the street set up a bird feeder uh, low oh. to the ground. Oh. Yeah, oh, I think no. you see where the problem is here. Yeah. Yeah, That's, and so oh. he came over all upset to me that, you know, my cat is uh, dining at his Killing buffet. And I'm just like, well, you literally set up a buffet across the street. What did you for, think was going to yeah. happen? Yeah. Hang well, I just up. want my wife to be able to watch watch the birds. I'm like, then get it off the ground. Yeah, they come with, the bird feeders come with these little sticks that you can yeah. put in the ground. My favorite part about the whole conversation is he told me I needed to train my cat better. I'm like, have you ever tried training a cat to do anything? <laughs> ever it doesn't work that video there was a video that went viral about these neighbors that were fighting with their other neighbors because the neighbor one was upset that their cat was going to the other neighbor's house and hanging out in their garden so they were upset with the neighbor saying you got to shoo him away you got to tell him he can't come here and they're like he's a cat right you can't tell a cat where to go what are you, are you crazy and meanwhile, they're like, give us our cat back. We're going to call the police on you. The <laughs> like, cat knows where he wants to go. Keep your cat inside. Yeah. Then keep your cat inside. What is that? Like, it's not, uh, it's kind of, yeah. I love people. We had a neighbor I that hated our people. one of our cats. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, I love cats. We can't let our cats out. So these boys that we have, Hudson and Hicks, are the first indoor cats mm-hmm. we've ever had, which having indoor outdoor cats in the past there i have a i have a template for what i think is cat behavior and mm-hmm. i think keeping them inside does something to them <laughs> because um yeah they're not that great at catting in no. fact they're very bad at it sometimes yep. and it's it's comedic to me i'm sorry but i find it very funny and very endearing that hicks in particular who is a cloud he is one of those cats we find little hickses all over the house <laughs> because he just like drops them off off of his fur like he just drops a what could be a kitten off of his fur um mm-hmm. but yeah he can't jump or climb and it's i'm sorry to say very very funny i would it's find that amusing as well yeah. yeah yeah this this kitten so he's about six months old has just started to hit like the teenager cat stage where oh, yeah. he is very much like I said, it's the have we been blessed or have we been cursed? Because he is a hellion at this point. Um, right. And the I'm pretty sure he has beans for brains. He has <laughs> taken to swinging on our shower curtain like Tarzan. Oh, great. He will run and jump into the bathroom, grab the shower curtain and launch himself at whichever of the other two cats is coming out of the litter box. Like, dude, you have to stop. <laughs> He's like, no. You are tearing apart. <laughs> you are tearing apart my shower curtain, and you're I, scaring the, the adult cats. Like, 
I need to come over back over just to see oh that. Gosh, he is such a monster. I love it. I love it. Uh, oh, I love it. And he steals toys. He steals my daughter's toys, like specifically like Barbie accessories. He he will bat them off of whatever surface she's playing on when she's not looking and then run off with them. Yeah, we we periodically find things in strange places. Like so in my bathroom and the bottom most drawers where I keep kind of like hair elastics and scrunchies mm-hmm. and things like that. And I'll find those things around the house and i'm like what and i go into my bathroom and the drawer has been opened and hicks yep. has gone into it and taken the things out and just decided to leave them all over the house mm-hmm. and i'm like on the one hand i'm i'm irritated and angry but not like deeply angry just mildly irritated mm-hmm. on the other hand i think it's hilarious because surprises are fun um provided they don't involve vomit or poo right. um so i'll take that and I also worry sometimes because I think my cat is dumb and it Hicks disappears sometimes. And my husband and I always refer it to, he's, he's just checking in on the mothership <laughs> because we don't know where he goes. We have no idea. He can't get out, but we don't know where he goes and it's somewhere in the house. He's found a portal. I don't know if he's found a portal. I would like to know. <laughs> He's built Looks one. It's kind of fun. I like to go hair through ties. it. Right? It's like he's building and 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 I don't know. He's like going to recharge the brain cell. I'm not sure what's happening, but love it. We yeah, yeah my my tuxedo cat, my Ernie, will open bathroom drawers too. Mm. And it's so funny is that it's like two o'clock in the morning and you hear the I'm like, mm-hmm. do you stop opening the drawers? Yeah, and there's things in there. Things. Oh, he, my mother-in-law's got um like little ace bandages for her fingers. She's got really bad right. arthritis. And mm-hmm. he steals those specifically. <laughs> I like, mean, why why wouldn't you? Yeah. Everything else, he goes for the little finger bandages. I'm like, yeah. of course. Uh, yeah, well, why Bless not? him. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I got a video of him opening the bathroom drawer one day though, and that's way funnier than it should be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now for those of you who are playing the home version of the game and aren't aware, Lexa is also married to Michael Shanks, a.k.a. Daniel Jackson from Stargate SG-1. Now, in the ninth season of SG-1, you played a character called Carolyn Lamb. And um, and now Michael had been on that show for, you know, quite some time at that point, uh, for obviously for, for several years now. But in your opinion... Uh, what are the pluses and minuses on working on a project like that with your spouse? Oh. <laughs> um, I really like working with Michael and we get along really well. So uh, it was only pluses for me. The only minus was childcare at that time because oh, sure. um, when I started on the show, I had just given birth to our younger daughter, our older daughter, uh, Michael's daughter was living in LA with her mom. Um, so we didn't have her all the time. So childcare with her wasn't as much of a challenge, obviously, but with the infant, uh, it could be, that was, that's kind of the only downside. And at this point, our kids are old enough that childcare isn't an issue. So I would be very happy to work with them again. Um, and, uh, again, also at the time, a lot of the people that we were working with were sort of had become our friends socially. So we used to joke as we're sitting around in the trailer between takes and everybody's like hanging around in each other's trailers that it was like, this is like a Saturday night <laughs> and yet we're getting paid to work. So it was, cool. uh, it was a good time. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed working on Stargate. See, cause I, I, the reason I asked the question is because, so 
I love my wife. I adore her. Um, right. One of my, she's my best friend. I, I love hanging out with her. But our minds work so differently. I, you know, I, like when she's at home to work, if she works from home that day, I'm like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the office. I love you, uh, but I'm going to go. Cause <laughs> I'll see you. I'll see you because we work, like if we have a, a project that we want to work on, like mm-hmm. if something outdoors, like in the garden or we're working on firewood, we can work very well and in sync with one another. But if right. it's something, even the remote is a bit technical or anything else, it's like, okay, so I'm going to assign you this part. I'm going to assign myself this part. And, and let's just, we'll meet back in an hour, see how everybody's done. Okay. Okay. Right. Good. And break. So smart. Very <laughs> because, smart. um, although she's awesome, one of us doesn't have good level of patience and I don't want to say it isn't her. So, but I love how you're implying it. Like, I love how you're like, one of us doesn't have a lot of patience. I don't want to say it's not her. Yeah, but it might be her. It might be. <laughs> it depends on it depends on on the topic and what we're dealing with. But right. I'm also the one with an extreme lack of patience, and so when those two those two clouds collide, it's just sometimes. So I'm always I'm always curious about that when when I see that that uh, you know two people who are married in the entertainment business and and they've worked on shows together. You know, did they did they find it to be an encouraging experience? Did they, did they enjoy doing it? Would they do it again? And, and so clearly uh, you said it was all pluses. So that's really good. I like that. Yeah, it was. I mean, um, the thing is on Stargate in particular, we're both actors. So we kind of have, there's no hierarchical kind of power struggle or anything like that. Right. Working with Michael when he's directing, which I've also done um, is also great for me i don't i'm very happy to do it because he's an excellent director so i trust him as a director and he trusts me as an actor which is great so the communicate because we know how to communicate a lot of acting um and like our jobs require a high level of inability to communicate effectively and um we've we've been married over 20 years so we've figured that out (laughs) it's hard one but we figured it out. So at this point, we're, we we know how to communicate with each other. And we have the same sensibilities. That's the other thing that I've noticed, too, sometimes when couples work together, is we have a similar sensibility, which is there are things you don't bring out or disagreements that you save for later mm-hmm. that you don't have, you know what I mean, when others are around. And mm-hmm. so that kind of thing, which actually hasn't happened to us, but we have the same sensibility, like... You know how sometimes there are couples that get maybe a little too comfortable in terms of conflict, and then everybody oh, around sure, is yeah. like, "This is really uncomfortable for me. Oh, yeah. I don't want to be part of this. Mom and dad are fighting." So <laughs> you know, we we don't have that, which is thankfully pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I've I've worked with my husband. I've we've both worked separate places. I honestly I love working with him. Like Ooh. we were we worked in a long term care facility together, and that was like oh, the wow. most like in sync team that we had was when I was a I was in CNA I was a certified nursing assistant he was med pass or he was in the kitchen and it was like we were on top of stuff because right. it was the I didn't even have to say words I would just be like hey John and he'd run and I'm like this is right this is great I love That's, that yeah it's a very similar kind of dynamic with Michael and I yeah and my husband and I are like those people that the the more time we spend apart from each other like if we spend like an entire day apart from each other we have to like relearn how to talk to each other 
But if we spend, <laughs> if we spend all of our time together, we're fine. We got this. Right. Right. Oh, okay. That's funny. So having over 50 acting credits on IMDb, at least. Oh, wow. That many? Yeah. I, I did kind of steal this from the Andromeda group as well. I don't remember who it was who I stole this question from. But do you have any characters that you wish that you could go back and play again? And would there be anything different about how you portrayed them? Uh, actually, I think maybe Carolyn Lamb. And I don't know that I would do anything much differently. I just wouldn't mind having another go because I didn't love I My head was, you know, I uh, like I said, when I first started on the show, um, I had recently had my daughter and I didn't realize at the time that I had postpartum uh, depression, oh, okay. but I did. And I only realized that when I had my son and I didn't have it. Mm. And I was able to kind of look back and go, oh, shit. So you're yeah. not supposed <laughs> to feel like that? Okay. Um, but uh, maybe that one. Maybe maybe Carolyn. And I would just just want to have another go. It's, it's not like there's anything specific that I'd like to do differently. Um, sure. But I don't that, no. And I say that with a question mark because most actors will tell you there's there, you're never finished. Like you never... There's no end point as an artist mm-hmm. when you're acting. You can, that's why some people say they'd love to have worked with like Kubrick, for example, who was notorious for doing like a thousand takes. Um, and others that would be like, I could never work with Kubrick because of that, because of the journey of being an actor is you're constantly kind of um, exploring and discovering with the dialogue and the scene and your scene partner that um, there is no right or correct way of doing it. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like as you're watching it, you sort of go, I, I would like, I would love to keep going. That's, you know, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense for people that aren't in the business, but yeah, it's kind of like looking at a painting and sort of like, is a painting ever truly finished? Right. Right. Actually understand that. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's the, uh, I think it was either Twilight Tharp or Martha Graham. I think it was Martha Graham that referred to it as the um, divine dissatisfaction of being an artist. Like that, actually. Yeah. So we, uh, Kathleen mentioned it, but some of these questions that we're asking you now are from uh, an Andromeda fan group on Facebook uh, run by a friend of the show, Eddie McDonough. Um, and uh, we told him that we were going to be talking to you, and the group was like, yes, we have questions. And so, <laughs> yeah, uh, they were very excited. So uh, that last question was actually from James Stir. Uh, Thank this you. Next... Hey, no problem. Uh, this next one is from Gregory Till. He says, uh, instead of Andromeda, he wanted to ask you a Stargate question because he wanted to mix it okay. up a little bit. He said, if the Stargate uh, franchise had continued, how, and you kind of already answered this, but how would you have liked to see Carolyn Lamb's character develop? Uh, I think I would have probably like to have seen some a little bit more reconciliation with her dad a, a better kind of understanding of of why he was absent or you know what i mean just the, the mm-hmm. conflict between lamb and her dad uh other than that maybe well no because i did go off world sorry i was just thinking maybe go off world i think i did once um just i think maybe that just sort of discover that. I think there was at some point there was a plan to have Lamb be um, Mitchell's love interest, to which Michael was like, "Guys, no! <laughs> <laughs> I heard my wife. 
can you not make her someone else's love interest? <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Um, so uh, I don't know uh, if that would have ended up happening, but um, uh, I think I would have liked to have seen some reconciliation with uh, okay. with her dad. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Love that. Oh, goodness. I'm also looking forward to um, getting farther into Stargate because there's oh. stuff. There's stuff. We're, to- we're, so, you know, just as a side note, uh, so for our Patreon channel, we started a Stargate review. Because oh, nice. Stargate is one of the things that neither Kathleen or I have ever really watched. Okay. And, and so we started watching it. We, you know, I've always watched the movie, loved the movie, but I never watched the TV series right. when they first came out. And uh, I have and, never seen any of it. <laughs> right. right. And so, so we started with the movie and we're like nine episodes into the series now. And oh, uh, so God. we're still in season one. So we're still, we're still working our way in. So. Oh, fun. Oh, you've got, oh. This is great. I love finding shows. I'm actually a little bit jealous of you guys because I love finding shows that have like a long run. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like finding a good book and then realizing it's the first of a series of like 20. Sure. And you're like, love yes, that. I have material to read that I'm going to enjoy. That it's like now with these shows that have like seven episode runs or eight episode runs, you're like, I want more. Mm-hmm. Like, Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little <laughs> envious of you guys. Yeah, looks like, I'm excited about it. We've been really been enjoying it. We've only had, I think, one episode where collectively we were like, yeah, "No, awful. if we could, we, if we could skip that and never do that one ever, ever again, that would be oh, great." Wait, which episode was it? Oh uh, goodness gracious, what was the name of that? Hold on, I can tell that you. It wasn't Broca Divide, was it? No, no, no. We liked the Broca. Right. No, um, I just laugh because I know that there are. I can't remember the names of them, but I know especially in the first and second season there were some episodes that Michael. I'll just say. They were not his favorite. Yeah, it was like episode. So that's why I'm curious to see what yours. Four? Uh, I think it was uh, episode five, the first commandment. Yeah. No, okay. no, 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 it wasn't. It was episode. I think episode three, whichever was the one where Carter gets taken captive or hostage by the. It was. Yeah, it was bad. Oh, is that the one where she ends up being kind of worshipped and has this bizarre headdress kind of thing? I think so, yeah. Right. It was really weird. Like, you know, there there's these two warring factions. Emancipation. And women, yeah, Emancipation. Season right. one. Is that episode three episode or four? Episode four. Yeah, that was just brutal. The, the, the nomadic we tribe like, descended from the Mongols. Uh, oh, right, yeah, that Property, one. restrictor rights, and belief. Oh. I wanted to send right. Amanda tapping like a, an, a, a, an I'm sorry card after that. Sympathy like, card. Sorry you had to do that episode. <laughs> that episode. Right. Uh, but every, it was so uh, but, bad. But then they made up for the next couple ones after that. The next couple episodes were fantastic. So Right. And like, I know that there's always going to be there's always at least one episode in a season of a TV show that you're like, oh man, did we? Oh yeah. And it's uh, like, I mean, I, you know, apropos of the the writer's strike that's going on right now, I have such an enormous amount of respect for writers because even like back then you don't see it that much anymore, but we were doing 22 episodes a season. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a lot of story to write. Uh, and you're right, uh, Kathleen, not all of them are going to be winners. And every right. writer's room knows that. They're like, well, this one, we tried. We did our yeah. best. But, you know, because of time constraints. And again, I think writers, again, that divine dissatisfaction that I was referring to, I'm sure writers look at their scripts and always are kind of like, I, can I just eh, want to add this or change this? And there's so mm-hmm. many kind of like 
exterior voices that have a say, be it executives saying, can we just have like this scene that's written on the starship? Can I just take place in a park like that where you have insane notes that you have to kind of meet and do, even though you disagree (laughs) with them and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's uh, crappy episodes happen every once in a while. I do. Which is funny you mentioned that because we just interviewed Gary Whitta, who's the uh, screenwriter for Star, Ro- Star Wars Rogue One, Book of Eli, things like that. Oh, wow. Right. I uh, had, had an amazing chat with him because he also wrote a new book called Gundog. Right. And uh, he was talking about that that very same thing. Like, you know, the executives get a hold of it. They look at the story. Well, really, that dog, why can't it be a cat? Let's make that dog a cat. And, yeah. and uh, you're let's like, make him, the make story him is about and, dogs. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and he's like, and the, they don't care. They just, you know, they yeah. just want to, ha- they just want to make some notes. Mm-hmm. There so. was a, uh, I don't know what to call it anymore, but I'm just going to call it Twitter uh, for no other reason than to piss Elon it's, Musk off. It's, right. it's Twitter. Yeah, it's always yeah, it's Twitter. Twitter. But there was a Twitter account called TV Network Notes that is own that is legitimate, like true notes that writers have gotten from the network, and there, it is so funny some of the notes that they've been given and because like everybody who works in this business has stories right. of like stupid notes that they've gotten right like you know it's a storyline about you know the your, your your protagonist has cancer and somebody's like this is like kind of sad like can we like have her not have cancer and it's like that's that's the that's story the story that's but that is of- the story what do you kind of so there's like excellent there, excellent if you get a chance to look it up it's called tv network notes i don't even know if it's still on there given how just, everything's gone crazy it's i just funny. wrote it down we're gonna have to check. oh yeah I'm, it's very funny very good so there was another question from gregory till that i thought was interesting he said that he and he thinks that other people probably agree with this he personally didn't feel that the later seasons of a drama andromeda were as good as the early seasons so he was wondering if or what you would change about the later seasons if you could. <laughs> that face says I don't know if you can see me trying to eat my own mouth, but um, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, I'm going to start with, and this is no, in no offense to Bob Engels, who I really enjoyed working with and is lovely man. Uh, maybe don't fire Robert Wolf. Is just what I'm gonna put out there because okay. he had sure. a plan for the entire run of the series that after he was fired um, or let go, I'm not quite sure. This, I mean, I kind of know, but I don't know what they what they settled on in terms of uh, him leaving the show. But um, he had a really, really neat and interesting kind of template or plan for the whole run of the series. Um, largely involving trance, Gemini, Laura Bertram's character, mm-hmm. um, that they kind of did, but they did without his input. So it, I don't think it was well fleshed out. Ah, mm. uh, gotcha. um, Okay. Right. So uh, I would just say, don't, don't fire Robert Hewitt Wolf. Sounds like a plan. Just yeah, a thought. Sounds like yeah. a plan. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. All right. We'll move on. Uh, Eric Starkey wants to know. Uh, about the movie Jason X. Yeah. What was it like doing a role reversal where you played the, where someone else plays the Android and you played the human? Um, well, the funny thing is, is Lisa and I shot that Lisa Ryder, um, mm-hmm. who played Becca Valentine for your audience that might not know, or didn't watch Andromeda. Um, Lisa Ryder 
uh, and I shot that before we went to shoot Andromeda. So when we were filming Jason X, um, sorry, my, if you hear shouting, it's my cat. Um, <laughs> uh, when we were filming Jason X, we, we actually auditioned and had to fly to Los Angeles for the screen test for Andromeda. And comically, we, we both actually screen tested for Becca Valentine. And because they had already offered me the role of Andromeda and my agent at the time was like, let's see if we can uh, get you to screen test for the, um, for the number two on the call sheet, which was Becca Valentine. I'm like, okay. Um, So we went out. Lisa is a far superior would have made a like, and did she made a perfect Becca Valentine. I kind of wanted to play Andromeda, but my, Agent was trying to, she was just agenting. That's what she was doing. Um, doing her job, yeah. Yeah, she was doing her job. So they came back and offered me the role of Andromeda again. The problem was, is there was an overlap in filming. Lisa was going to be done before I was on Jason X. So she could go out for the beginning of filming um, to Vancouver. I had to stay to finish doing Jason X and then fly out to Vancouver to start doing Andromeda. And if you notice in the first two episodes, I think it is, of Andromeda, I don't have, Rami doesn't have a body yet. Harper builds her body. That wasn't initially planned. That was because Ah, I was unavailable. And so when I got there, I had to do all a bunch of green screen stuff. And we laughed about it when we were on the set of Jason X, because if you watch Jason X, you could literally take the cast of Jason X and move them into Andromeda. Oh, that's fantastic. Peter Mensa could have played Tyrannosazi, like all these, it was just, we thought it was very funny that it was kind of this template of this is what a show in space is going to have. It's going to have these characters. Fantastic. So we thought it was hilarious. That is, that is pretty great. All right. And we have one last question from the Andromeda group uh, from Cesare Marino. I'm hoping is the correct pronunciation there. We're going to go with that. Cesar. Yes. That right. sounds great. Maybe just Cesar. Uh, we I think will it might find be Cesar. Okay. I have an uncle Cesar, so that's the only reason we'll, why I think we'll it might be Cesar. Bingo. And we're going with that now. <laughs> so have you ever thought of trying to create a fan film or a little reunion of the old actors of Andromeda to celebrate the series? Um no, I don't know that we no, I don't think I don't think we'd do a fan film per se. Um like I keep in touch with Gord, obviously, because I, I was uh, connected right. with you guys through Gord mm-hmm. and uh, Ryder and um, Laura periodically. Um, and I see Brent State every once in a while, but I don't know where um, Keith is. And I don't really keep in touch with Kevin. Um, okay. So I don't know that we would. Yeah. But, you All know, right. like no, no drama or anything. All right. No, fair. Just, you know, hey, stuff happens. Life happens. Yeah. So just didn't you know don't really think about it that much. Okay. Fair enough. All right, Lexa, we have one final question for you. And we okay, like to call I'm this ready. our silly question. You can answer this as serious or silly as you like. Oh, and we started uh this long time ago, uh after Sam Witwer uh destroyed my Star Wars quiz and I decided we need to do something different. So we moved yeah. on into us uh instead of asking quiz questions of our guests. We decided we'd ask a silly question. Okay. Uh, and we settled on this one because we think that it's a shame that nobody asks this of adults anymore. Okay. Lexa Doig, what's your favorite dinosaur? 
Ooh. See, my initial is my initial instinct is to say a T-Rex, but I feel like that's like the pumpkin spice latte of dinosaurs. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with an apatosaurus. Oh. I have no idea why. I can't actually bring up an image of what an apatosaurus looks like. I just the name floated across my brain, so I'm going with it. I'm being brave. Solid. Fortune I favors like the bold. Yeah. It does. It does favor the bold. I can't be liking the pumpkin spice latte of dinosaurs. I will never be able to look at a T-Rex the same way. Because now, <laughs> now in the next Jurassic Park movie, instead of hearing it roar, I'm just going to be hearing it go, yes. Yes. <laughs> now, I just want you to picture it with over-the-knee boots, suede, and a scarf. Right. It's Han Solo and season. And like a jaunty yeah. little hat holding their Starbies. <laughs> going, wait a minute, hold on. Yes. Okay, I oh, want you to, next time you see a T-Rex. Oh, it's already, already being pictured. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely you, you can it. make am... merch. T-Rex, the pumpkin slice latte of dinosaurs. There you go. Bingo. There you go. I am literally messaging my friend who makes his living painting dinosaur pictures. <laughs> oh, that'd be perfect for him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh i love it oh no Bob, bobby will totally love that he will he will i love it hysterically if he, if he paints a picture of the pumpkin spice latte t-rex mashup please tag me in it we'll, <laughs> we will make sure that you get it yeah. <laughs> i promise you you will see it i mean his he's actually <laughs> currently got a collection of paintings at an art festival in grand rapids and right. his his collection of paintings is dinosaurs in peculiar places. Fantastic! So like he's got, um, he's got a T Rex like sleeping under a gas, like sleeping at a gas station, like Fantastic. tucked under the overhang by the gas pumps, which is super cute. He's got Very a couple cute. others where they're like dinosaurs coming out of barns, and it's like right. it's just I it's love just it. Funny, they're places where they don't belong. And I just want to see a dinosaur on like a Ferris wheel. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That would be so cute. Oh my goodness. Oh goodness. Lexa, we have enjoyed our conversation with you so much today. Where oh. can our viewers and our listeners go to find out more about you and your work post strike? Um, <laughs> Whenever yeah, that happens. You know, the Google is helpful, but um uh, I'm at Lexa Doig on social media platforms, one word. Um on Instagram, on uh, Twitter, which I don't really use that much anymore, and on threads, I'm the same thing. I do have a TikTok account, but I don't post anything on it because I can't I can't figure out how. Like, I mean, technically, I can figure out how, but TikTok is an odd place. It's a great place, but I, I don't know that I have anything to contribute to that platform. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I appreciate like it. I am on it a lot because oh, yeah. I find it same. very amusing, and I same. appreciate the content on there. I just, it seems like a different, like, I feel like Instagram is one of those places that you can opt in and out of periodically, mm -hmm. but it feels like TikTok is one of those things that you have to produce daily content. I feel like, like you, yeah, that's my ADHD cannot handle that. Yeah. I think you and Michael need to do like dance challenge videos on TikTok together. 
I've been trying. I've been, I've been trying. He's not, my kids mm-hmm. are also mildly horrified because I make videos on TikTok <laughs> that are private mm-hmm. just so I can send them to my kids and threaten to make them public. Ooh, oh, yes. I love that. And they are like my mom. No. So it's the <laughs> only <laughs> leverage no, I really yes. have still, you know, like they're grown. My youngest is 17. I, I, the only leverage I have is shame. It's like embarrassment. Shame and so, embarrassment. It's a, it's a powerful tool. It's great. <laughs> I do love embarrassment. Exactly. I did not when I was a kid. And now that my daughter is old enough to do the, oh my gosh, mom, stop. Oh, no, like, no. It's, <laughs> it's different as a parent than as a kid. Oh, yeah. As it's a parent, absolutely great. It's the best. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I remember oh, threatening... I, I threatened our eldest. I said, your dad and I are going to show up in gold lame shorts to pick you up from school. Oh. And she was dead serious. She was like, you wouldn't. And I'm like, we get paid to be idiots for a living. This one we do for free. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, very good. Well, thank you for having me. I thank really, you. really enjoyed our chat. All right, guys, we want to remind you that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to help us uh, get more amazing guests like Lexa Doig here today to have these conversations with and funny moments for you guys to be able to listen to. So please subscribe and check out our Patreon page as well. There's going to be some great uh, behind the scene content from this very interview that will not have been posted in the original. So if you want to go check that out, you got to go to our Patreon page and you can see that uh we have five different levels of patreon from one to forty dollars there's something there for everybody and you guys can have a lot of fun there but if for whatever reason you are not happy with the content of our show today we'd like to remind you that you have the opportunity to complain and lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department that of course is emperor ming as cruel as he is ruthless ming accepts no failure or incompetence which means we are so screwed but be careful as you get ready to send in your complaint forms you'll want to make sure that you'll have dotted all your t's and crossed all your i's or something like that because if ming finds an error or shoot just because it's a day that ends in y you could be as in just as much trouble as we are so think twice maybe even three times before you hit that enter key Alexa, thank you so much. We've really enjoyed our time with you. And uh, that's going to wrap it up for us today on the FSF podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Copyright 2023 FSF podcast. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned on this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by FSF Podcast. The views expressed by the guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at info at fsfpodcast.com. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Also, Bobby says that the dinosaur, the the T Rex, is definitely over overrepresented. He he agrees. Yes. It is definitely right. a pumpkin spice latte of dinosaurs. There you <laughs> go.